Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. Remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is John Martinoni. John is the founder of the Bible Christian Society. For 17 years, he hosted EWTN Radio's Open Line. He founded and has run Catholic radio stations in Alabama. He's currently the Director of Evangelization for the Diocese of Birmingham, Alabama. John, thanks for joining us today. Deacon, good to be with you. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, before we get into your your new book, which is... uh, which is a must-read for everybody. Uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about Bible Christian Society, how people can get on it, because it's just such a wealth of information that I'm not sure everybody knows about it, and if they don't, they need to. Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, the Bible Christian Society, you, the website is BibleChristianSociety.com. BibleChristianSociety.com. number of absolutely free materials on there. I've got 20 eight or 29 different talks on audio that you can listen to on the side or download onto whatever device you've got. Uh, if you still get, uh, if you still have a CD player in your car and still listen to CDs, you can order CDs. They're, they're free. Um, I've got a number of written materials, a two-minute apologetics page, a, a Mary page, a purgatory page. I've got a newsletter page that people can sign up for the e-newsletter. It's called Apologetics for the Masses, where I, I do uh, dialogues or debates with, with Protestant apologists, with evangelical pastors, and so forth. And, and I, I give, you know, I'll, I'll put on put down what, what the other guy says, then I'll give my response, but then I give the strategy. Why did I ask those questions? Why is he asking the, these particular questions he's asking? What's he trying to get at? How can Catholics respond to not just these specific questions, but in general, what kind of apologetic strategies can you use to defend and explain the, the faith in no matter what kind of situation you find yourself in. So all that's there at BibleChristianSociety.com. Appreciate it. And uh, you do have a new book coming out. It's called A Blue Collar Answer to Protestantism, Catholic Questions Protestants Can't Answer. And uh, as we were talking off air before we came came on, uh, it really seems like a book for Catholics to better know their faith disguised as a way to defended against Protestants. <laughs> well, yeah, and that, that's how my first book was, Blue Collar Apologetics, the, the same. Basically, what this book is, is it's, it uses common sense and simple logic to show, uh, in the first half of the book, to show that Protestantism as a whole doesn't make sense. And then in the second half of the book, to show that specific Protestant doctrines and dogmas don't make sense. And and the first half of the book is called Problems with Protestantism. The second half is Questions Protestants Can't Answer. But as you said, as you're going through these problems with Protestantism or these questions Protestants can't answer, the Catholic is actually learning their faith better. Oh, this is why my faith works. This is why what the church teaches makes sense. You know, and when you're when you're uh putting it in opposition to what the Protestants believe, and you're saying, oh, okay, that's, and this is how, where we find what we believe in the Bible, and, and so forth. So yes, it, it is an aid for Catholics to first and foremost learn their faith 
better, learn it more deeply, but then in that same process to learn how to explain it to others without having to learn, without having to get a degree in theology or any such thing. It's just, again, everything I do is based on simple common sense, simple logic, and yeah, we throw in the Bible a little bit for good measure as well. Well, I guess your big hurdle then, because common sense and simple logic uh, seem to have <laughs> bypassed way too many nowadays. So they may not even know what that is. But, you know, for those that do, this is a good book, right? Yes, indeed. And, and I agree 100 percent. I mean, we're, we, we have lost as a society, as a culture, common sense is something that is becoming rarer and rarer. And, and, and logic uh, is, is, you know, that, too, is, is something that is, is difficult to find at times, but uh, I think you find it more often than not in the Catholic Church with Catholics who are faithful Catholics, people realizing that, hey, you know, what the Catholic Church is teaching, it, it, it doesn't just make sense theologically. It makes sense, period. It makes sense living your life. It, it you know, the Catholic faith, the Catholic Church, our, our teachings are not just, oh, a segment of our lives that, yeah, if we do these things, we get to go to heaven and, and we're good people and all that stuff. No, no, it pervades our entire lives. Every aspect of our lives make more sense because of what the Catholic Church teaches. And so that's why, again, yeah, it's a good book for Catholics because, hey, I am learning better that not just how to talk to Protestants who are asking me questions about my faith or attacking my faith, you know, where in the Bible is infant baptism, where in the Bible does it say Mary was immaculately conceived. It's this is making more sense of my faith as a whole, which as I make more sense and better sense out of my faith, I can better apply that faith to my life, to the lives of my family members, and as you do so, you will have a better life. Well, I think the other challenge that we have is that way too many Catholics, uh, you know, are bringing the some Protestant traditions into the into our mass, right? Whether it's let's hold hands, let's play K love music. Uh, you know, don't understand or feel like the Eucharist is just a symbol. It's not really the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. So for those that, you know, continue to slip further and further into Protestantism, you're really addressing them. And it, it, hopefully this is a wake-up call for people who read this book. Yes, and, and what I say, a lot of what I do, I call it um, uh, immunization against Protestant teaching, and in many respects against atheistic teaching and relativistic teaching, etc., but in particular against uh, Protestant theology, it inoculates people. Because as you said, I've run across Catholics who are, are converts to the faith, a lot of whom have not entirely left the Protestant faith tradition they are converting from. I mean, I've met Catholics who believe that, well, we're saved by faith alone. You know, or who believe that in the rapture, that like like the Left Behind books talk about the rapture and so forth. It's like no, no, no. You folks, you, you got it. You've got to embrace 
what the church teaches in its entirety. And when you do that, life will make more sense, but in particular, your faith, your theology, uh, you know, your, your church life, your faith life, your, your spiritual journey will make more sense as well. So I agree 100%. There's a lot of Catholics who have not fully embraced the Catholic faith, and, and for those, as well as for Protestants, this is a book that a, a Catholic can just hand, you know, the, the, what, what my bishop used to call cafeteria Catholics, people who they'll believe some of the Catholic faith, but no, I don't, I don't want any of that doctrine. Yeah, I'll have a little of that doctrine, but no, none of that dogma. Um, for cafeteria Catholics, you can hand them this book and say, hey, Read this and let me know if it makes sense to you, or read this and give me your opinion. Same with Protestants. This is an easy book for Catholics to just hand to Protestants and say, hey, this guy wrote this book, and he says there's a lot of questions that Protestants can't answer in it. Could you read it and let me know if he makes sense in what he's saying? And at the very least, you get them to read some of the book, which is what the goal is. Uh, And hopefully when they start reading it, they start asking themselves those questions and saying to themselves, huh, this guy, uh, you know, I hate to admit it, but uh, he's maybe making a little sense. Or, or I've got to go back and reexamine what I believe and why I believe it, which is the whole point of, of everything I do, making people look at what they believe and why they believe it, and hopefully bringing them closer to the truths of the Catholic faith. Well, I think when you read your book, and really all your books, it is really evident that you care about the souls of everybody, right? I mean, in the end, the only thing that's attractive is the total truth, not this watered-down version, not partial truth. It's the entire truth, which is Jesus Christ. And I, it comes across when you read your book just how much you love all of every, you know, everybody because you want them to come to the truth because their salvation really is at stake. Yes, and that's what—I I tell Catholics, I said— you know, I I have had uh, my personal experience. I have had it was probably the record. I, I had an evangelical tell me within within sixty seconds of meeting him that all Catholics are going to hell and that I'm going to hell because I was Catholic. And I tell Catholics, you run into that all the time. People say, oh, Catholics are going to hell, or you don't know the Bible, or you don't know this, you don't know that. I said, don't ever get angry at that. I said, because those people, even though they're acting out of ignorance, they, 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 they're ignorant of what the church actually teaches, why it teaches, etc., um, they have concern for your soul. That is why they are saying these things to you, because they are concerned about your salvation. Catholics need to have that same concern for all that we come across. Now, obviously, we don't need to go around condemning people to hell, but we need to have the concern that, hey, people, if you do not have the fullness of the truth that you find in the Catholic Church, then salvation could very well be an issue for you, just as it is for all Catholics. I mean, we don't get a free ride just because we're in the Catholic Church. We've got to strive for holiness. And like you said, truth, we need the whole truth. Why? Because truth is not just an abstract concept. It is a person, Jesus Christ. So the more truth you have, the more Jesus you have. The more Jesus you have, the holier you can become. And in Hebrews twelve fourteen, it says, Strive for peace with all men, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. 
We have to be holy, deacon, in order to see the Lord, and we can. We've got a better chance of being holy if we have all of the truth, not just some of the truth. You have a line in the in the book that I think is important for people. Where I mean, the whole thing is, but this you say, you know, that Protestants who downplay the role of the church, or even sometimes look at the church with disdain are in grave danger of losing their salvation, and that could say the same for Catholics within the church who downplay the church or think the church is mean and tells me what to do, right? Our salvation is at stake, and we need to wake up. Absolutely, and what I I use, a, it's actually the title of one of my chapters is called uh, Decapitating Jesus, because like you said, there's a number of Protestants who will say, I don't need the church, I've got the Bible, or I've got Jesus and the Bible, and, and I don't need a church. Or Catholics who will say, yeah, you know, I'm going to the Catholic church because it's, it's what I grew up in, I'm comfortable here, but I don't necessarily need the church to be telling me what to do and how to do it and what to believe and all that. I can make up my own mind. Well, here's the thing. The church, as Scripture tells us, is the body of Christ, Jesus, as Scripture tells us, is the head of the body. If you say, I don't need the church, what you are doing is you are cutting the body off from the head. You are decapitating Jesus. And that can never, ever be a good thing for the the Protestant who says, oh, I've got my Bible, I don't need the church, or for the Catholic who says, well, I, I, you know, I love Jesus, I'm a good guy, I'm a nice guy. I don't really need the church. I, I'll take the church some of it here, some of it here, but not all of it. I don't need all of it. No, what you're saying is you don't need all of Jesus Christ, and that can be a a an eternal mistake that you're making. In one of the chapters of the book, you talk about how sin has consequences, right? And we li- we're living in some pretty dark times, and it's going to get darker. And if we don't realize what sin does to us and how you know, this, and you talk a lot about solo fide, right, this faith alone that Protestants promote, you know, on and on and on again. And I think this is a, you know, all the chapters are important, but this is one, it needs to be a wake-up call that sin does have consequences. And if we think once saved, always saved, and all we need is faith and don't need works, all these things lead us down the path the evil one's trying to get us to follow. Absolutely. And and the evil one is trying to blind us to the fact that sin does indeed have consequences. And and it's it's not just consequences in our lifetimes on earth, it's eternal consequences that we're talking about here first and foremost. Because there are so many people who, well, yeah, you know, I'm going to divorce my wife or I'll divorce my husband. You know, my spouse isn't making me happy anymore. Or my, my spouse doesn't understand me anymore. My marriage isn't fun anymore. So I'm, I'm going to divorce and then, well, you know, my secretary's looking pretty good these days. And maybe I'll ask her out. And, and we've got this thing going with, with you know, we, we seem to have a good rapport. Uh, and so divorce, remarriage, which Jesus calls adultery. Well, a lot of Catholics nowadays say, well, you know, yeah, you sh- shouldn't. Do it, but, but I've got these excuses. I've got these justifications for my sins, you know, or, or, or 
having sexual relations outside of marriage. Well, we're in love, so that's that's all that really matters. Or we're adults. We're both adults. We're, that's all that really matters. Well, Jesus calls that fornication. Yeah. And, and it's on and on, these major sins that we commit, and we try to justify them. We, we try to, you know, make excuses for them, and, and we think, and, well, you know, I'm really a nice guy. I'm really a nice person, you know, and, and nice people is what gets to – that'll get you to heaven. No, no, no. Being a holy person gets you to heaven. Nice just doesn't cut it. You know, if you're a holy person, you're probably a nice person too, but just being a nice person doesn't necessarily cut it. And that's where, Deacon, so many of us tend to fool ourselves by trying to justify our sins instead of looking deep into the mirror and saying, I am a sinner, I need Jesus Christ, and I need to conform my life to the life of Christ. And, and I need the church and the sacraments in order to do that, and I need to quit making excuses for my bad behaviors. Well, because it's, you know, we see it in different people, but really in Protestantism in general, right, it's, it's a lowering of the bar to fit our lifestyle as opposed to our conforming our lifestyle to the teachings of Christ, you know, that we, that we learn through Scripture, that we learn through sacred tradition. It's, it's making us feel better because we've lowered the bar, so we feel like we're closer when really we're just as far and getting further away. Absolutely. That's why I call uh, the doctrine of eternal security, or once saved, always saved, a dangerous, dangerous doctrine in Protestantism. Because basically, uh, the teaching is, hey, I've accepted Jesus into my heart as my personal Lord and Savior, so my train ticket to heaven is punched, and there is nothing that can derail that train. No sin, no nothing. So I'm, I mean, I, I had a there was a, a, a Baptist church here in the Birmingham area, a big Baptist church, had a deacon, committed adultery, uh, d- divorced his wife. His wife couldn't figure out why. Everything was fine, and all of a sudden the deacon divorced. He says, I want a divorce. She's like, let's go to counseling. He said, nope, nope, let's do this. Nope, nope. So she finally relented, gave him the divorce. Two months after the divorce is final, he gets married. She goes, oh, she figured it out. He was having an affair. So she goes to the pastor, and this is the church she went to. Her husband was a deacon at. My husband was committing adultery. He should no longer be a deacon here. You know, Jesus says in Matthew 19, if you divorce and remarry, you're adultery. The pastor said to her, it's not a salvation issue, so it doesn't affect him being a deacon at all. It's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You know, so that's the danger of those doctrines that, like you said, lowering the bar. All I have to do is believe and I'm saved. I don't have to be holy. I don't have to avoid sin. I don't have to follow the Ten Commandments. I don't have to do any of that stuff. All I have to do is believe and I am in heaven for all time with with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's like, well, that's not what the Bible says. It's, it's like you said, people are conforming the Bible to fit their beliefs instead of conforming their beliefs to fit the Bible.
that's always, as as you said, how dangerous is that? Because we become the sole authority and we get to decide what is sin. And that's the world we live in now, right? This moral relativism, we get to change the rules every hour of every day if we choose to, because we become our own gods. And that's when we don't, you know, become the the servants, the the loving children of God. You talk about the vine and the branches, right? On in, in this book, uh, right? What happens? You know, what happens if you if the branch breaks off? Are you are you still good? Well, that's it. You know, Jesus is the vine, and, and in John fifteen, it talks about uh, if the branches don't produce good fruit, they're cut off from the vine, tossed into the fire, and burned. And uh, that's an obvious reference to hell. But I, I literally had a, a Protestant guy I was talking to. He said, no, no, that's um, what happens there is that the father takes those branches and he puts them in the fire to burn off the germs. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was stupefied. I was like, <laughs> the fa- I was like, the father puts the branches in the fire to burn off the germs? I, he said, yeah. I said, and and that's what it meant to the first century apostles and disciples when Jesus said that? He said, absolutely. And I said, you know, they didn't discover germs until, like, what, the 1800s or something? And he's like, well, 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 well you worship Mary. <laughs> okay, good comeback. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's just we have to be holy now and that that's 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 the whole thing that's so much of what the book doesn't necessarily directly say but it does sometimes but indirectly it's like all of these things about what protestants are teaching take you away from what the actual truth is they distract. Sometimes it's just a minor distraction from the truth. Sometimes it's a major distraction from the truth. But you've got to realize it. You've got to recognize it so that we as Catholics can help our Protestant brothers and sisters to say, hey, I need more than what I'm getting here. And, and like you were referring to earlier, what, what I, my care for souls, I tell Catholics everywhere I go, I say, you've got two jobs in life. Everybody has the same two jobs. Get to heaven, take as many people with you as possible. And that's what this book helps Catholics to do, to reach out to others who are currently not in the fullness of the truth, who are currently being lied to in one way or another by their theology. Oh, and and it's, 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 we, we need to have that same concern about people losing their salvation that a lot of Protestants have for us. And so, again, like I said, the purpose of the book is to help people come to the truth, and particularly to help people come to the truth who is Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. The other thing that's really apparent when you read your books, especially this particular book, it's you know, Protestants spend a lot of time looking for loopholes and trying to explain away uh, what's in Scripture. Why would you be attracted to a faith community that's trying to figure out how not to agree with what is in Scripture and looking for loopholes to make themselves feel better? Yeah, and that, that's that's why that, that whole back section, second section of the book, questions Protestants can't answer. I focus pretty much on 
the main Protestant dogmas and doctrines, sola scriptura, sola fide, once saved, always saved. And I show that it's not just, okay, a Catholic can find one scripture verse that does damage to these Protestant doctrines. No, no. I show from this direction, that direction, this other direction over here, from this scripture verse, those scripture verses, these passages in the Bible, and again, from common sense and simple logic, that these teachings, these Protestant doctrines, do not make sense. They don't make common sense. They don't make logical sense. They don't make scriptural sense. And I show it from all these different angles, all these different perspectives, which is to say, hey, this isn't just a, a, a fluke verse that's found in, you know, First Timothy 5, verse 19, and then Noah. No, no, no. All the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, is against what you believe as a Protestant. And, and like I said, there, there are questions Protestants can't answer because I phrase the question in such a way that, hey, if they answer one way, they're contradicting their own theology. If they answer another way, they're contradicting the Bible. So they've got nowhere to go. And again, it's not to prove someone is wrong or to, to say, oh, Catholics are right, Protestants are wrong. It's what is the truth. We're trying to get at the truth here. And I'm trying to show you that it doesn't seem like you have it right now. So you need to look at what you believe, why you believe it, in light of Scripture, common sense, and simple logic. And maybe rethink what you believe and, and maybe take a good, hard, and long look at the Catholic Church and what it teaches. If you go to Bible Christian Society, you do short two, three-minute videos on every one of the questions Protestants can't answer. So people can right. go there right now and, and look at that. And we're down to – I know this always goes so fast every time we talk because I just could go on forever. But we're down to about the last 30 seconds or so. Maybe you can remind people again about Bible Christian Society, how they can find out what you're doing, and how they can get this book. BibleChristianSociety.com. A lot of free audio, as you said, video, a lot of free written materials. And, and they can get the book by going to SophiaInstitute.com. SophiaInstitute.com. Right now you can pre-order. If you just type in blue collar in the search engine, this book will pop up, uh, a blue-collar answer to Protestantism. And if you put in blue-collar 25, if you pre-order it before it's officially released, you can get a 25% discount. SophiaInstitute.com. Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at RespectLifeRadio.com.